Now, one of the reasons why I'm introducing myself this morning is that I'm not speaking. So, like, sometimes it's obvious the guy on the platform is the pastor, so you just, we make assumptions. Well, this morning, the person preaching is not our pastor, but his name is Chris Chase, and he's the pastor of the uh, Newmarket Meeting House Church. And Chris and I, over the last couple of years, I think we've become friends. We're at the beginning point of a really kind of cool friendship, I think. But yesterday was the first time that we ever actually met in person. This is why I say I think. Because it's all been through text message or, or Twitter chat or uh, a couple video conversations, and we've had a blast. But yesterday, we were at the same BIC meeting, and uh, I saw Chris, and he was hobbling and I, I, limping. You'll, you'll see this in a moment. And I thought, uh-oh, do I have to come up with a sermon on the last moment? And I looked at him, and he said, what happened? And he's like, uh, so he can tell that story if he wants to, uh, with whatever embellishment that you want. Um, but he said, Josh, I can't go on the platform. And I said, okay, uh, I still don't want to preach. So um, <laughs> we got this set up for him this morning. Uh, What's funny is actually at this meeting, they, uh, they, somebody at the front was like, if you don't know what you're preaching on tomorrow, you can download the sermon here. And he looked at me and gave me a wink and a thumbs up. Uh, so anyways, Chris, uh, Chris is, a, is a great guy. We've had a chance to uh, hang out a, a couple times virtually in person. Even this morning has been good. Chris spoke here last summer. Uh, it was the July long weekend, so like three of us were here. Um, and so we, but those three people said, Chris was great. Have him back. <laughs> and so we're delighted to have Chris here. <laughs> You're going to need a moment before you come up here, aren't you? <laughs> He's a laugher. Um, this bodes well. Anyways, Chris, that's all i got to say. So why don't you come on up here and you take us into your time. Right. <laughs> it's not that bad. 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 That was really sweet. Like, oh, no. I was saying to Josh, this is my Michael Jordan flu game. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I'm going to. No, this is, this is a real privilege to be here with you and... Um, um, I'm limping because um, father time is undefeated in the sense that when I was younger, I can get over injuries like they were nothing. And now, I saw that hand, I saw that. And now, I have a knee brace on, I have to sit down, I have to comp- compress things and physio. Father time is undefeated. And so I'll tell you the quick story. I was playing, but I've been, I, I, I love athletics, and I was playing basketball on Friday. There's a men's pickup league that I play on, on Friday mornings. It's part of my devotions. And I was going in for a basket, and there's this young guy who's my size, but younger. And I thought, oh, I can take him. <laughs> I didn't take him. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> So I try to walk this thing off because I'm thinking, I'm fine. I'm not in my 40s. This is great. And my body said, you are in your 40s. You're not great. And I messaged my wife and said, I hurt my knee. And she just sent me a a sad face emoji. And I knew in that moment that she was kind of like, you shouldn't have gone to play basketball. I told you you shouldn't play basketball. And then I stopped reading her text messages because I just didn't need that in my life at that moment. Uh, but it, it really is a, a privilege to, to be here, to be back here again, to be able to actually hang out and sit beside Josh uh, and, to, and to do life with you. For those of you who were here last summer and you were like, him again, you're welcome. And for, for those of you who were like, he's back, you're welcome as well. And I also, let me say this to you before we get started. I recognize that some of you might be tired this morning because you were up watching a hockey game or two. And so if you are disappointed, you, if you fall asleep because you were spending your time watching Tavares highlights or McDavid highlights, I understand. I do not take it personally. 
So if you are falling asleep because of last night's longness and the joy and exuberance, you have no energy because you spent all of it yesterday, I understand. You can watch this online later on. For those of you who are watching online, if you want to do this thing where you're watching both me and YouTube, I get it. It's okay. It's all right. I don't take it personally. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, this is my flu game. I'm just here to try to make this happen, right? Josh didn't want to preach. I'm here. That's, so we're fine. <laughs> His joke, not mine. His joke, not mine. Um, a few uh, weeks ago, uh, my, my daughter uh, turned 14 years old. I don't know, Hudson, if you can put that picture up. Um, uh, my daughter turned 14 years old. We, we have uh, a, a teenager in our home. It's, it's quite something. And, and for her birthday, she really, really wanted to have a tea party birthday party. She wanted to have her and her close friends, they would have tea and they would hang out together in our kitchen and, and they just, you know, they do crafts. And I'm like, you, this is what you want to do for your birthday? Sure. Okay. But I wasn't invited to the birthday because apparently I'm not tea party material, whatever. <laughs> and, but I was tasked with getting all the stuff for the tea party. That was the task. My wife was allowed to be there and, and i but I, my son and I, we were not allowed to be there. But I was tasked with getting the stuff. I was tasked with making sure that the house was clean. I was tasked with making sure that, you know, there was no, like, socks hanging around or things like that. Like, no guy stuff was allowed in the kitchen, essentially. And I was supposed to be making sure that all the tea stuff was ready, the balloons and teacups. And so the Friday before um, the birthday party... I was, I was, I had to go out and do all these tasks. I had to go to Walmart. I had to go to Party City. I had to do all these things. I, I, that was my job to make sure this party took off. So I'm in my car and I'm driving. And you know that sense when you're, you're driving, for those of you who do, and you're like, you can listen to your car and you're like, something right. Right? You probably do what I do. That's nothing. <laughs> I'll take, it to the, I'll take it to the dealership tomorrow. That's what we do. We just kind of ignore the stuff. So I'm driving, and I hear the sound. And I'm like, something doesn't feel right, but it's, it's okay. I have, I have things to do. I have plans to do. I don't want to let my wife down. I don't want to let Becca down. I don't want to let my, my daughter down. I, I have things to do. So I'm driving. I'm driving. I, I, we live, we pastor in Newmarket, but we live in Oshawa. Long story. I'll get into it another time. And so I, I'm doing, doing the drive. I'm driving through Pickering, Ontario. I don't know how many of you are, are familiar with, with Durham. And driving through Pickering, Ontario, I'm driving from Pickering Town Center, and I'm about to go onto the highway. And as I'm going onto the highway, my car starts doing this. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's just the Holy Spirit and me having a conversation. It's just, <laughs> we're fine. And I go to make the turn onto the highway, and then, husband, if you can put the picture up, this is what happens to me. I turn, and my car just tips over. My passenger tire goes flying down the street, and I am sitting there, tilted, no rap video, this is not fun, just tilted, thinking, well, that's strange. So, in my hubris, I think I can probably still keep on driving here. <laughs> nope, we're not, we're not going anywhere. So, I stop shaking, and I get out of the car, and I look, and I look at this tire, and I'm freaking out. And the way that it's 
it's positioned. I'm on the oh, I'm on the off ramp. I'm on the like I'm I'm supposed to go onto the highway. So there are trucks literally just kind of like jaws of life in my face. And just every like there's and people are staring, kind of going like no one's stopping. You know, just the Samaritan stories. No one's stopping. Just everyone's kind of walking away, driving by me. And I'm just like, I need to pick up teacups. I, I don't back up. I go to Party City to get balloons. Because that's in my head. I'm not thinking about the fact that my back hurts. I'm not thinking about the fact that this is going to cost us thousands of dollars of damage that we don't have. I'm thinking about all the things that I have to do. Because even though I get into this car accident, even though I, I, you know, my tires, you know, hit another car, and fortunately it only knocked over their license plate, so I didn't have to go through insurance for that. But all of these things are happening in in succession, and the police are there because they're concerned because I can't move and I'm on. And there's a tow truck, and you know how the tow trucks are? They're like, hey, so you're in trouble here? Hey, listen, I can take you to the nearest there. Uh, place for uh, you know a good chunk of change of you like all these things are happening to me and in the midst of this all I'm thinking about is the things that I, ha- I-, I have to get a rental car before before six o'clock because if I don't get to enterprise before six o'clock then we're not going to have a car and if we don't have a car I can't get to party city and I can't get the teacups and if we can't get the teacups then she can't have her party and if she can't have her party I'm the worst at ever and I tell people all the time that I'm better at them at dadding and if I do that everything falls apart my world is off its axis literally and figuratively speaking. This accident changes everything for me, but the reality is life still continues. It's like the pastor who's sick on Saturday. Sunday still comes, right? Those of us who have gone through tough moments, we, I, we wish that, you know, like we would go to a bill collector or whatever else, and they'd say, you know what? Don't worry about paying your water bill. We get it. You're going through a rough time. Take the next three months. Take it off. It's fine. No, the bills still come. Tough conversations with our family, they still come even if we don't want them to. Like, all these things, we can get knocked off our axis. Got to make sure I said that properly. And <laughs> West Heights Community Church YouTube goes through the roof in terms of views, right? Like, we can you know, do all of these things and try to do all these things right, and still th- something can happen that we don't plan for, but life still continues, it's like that with the mission of God in 2023, isn't it? We can, as we argue with people, one, one another about matters of faith and practice, the mission of God still continues. As we have struggles in our own faith, the mission of God still continues. As things happen that cause us to kind of go, where is God? The story of the gospel still needs to be shared. People still need to be served. People still need to be cared for. And we can be tilted. And it's not like God says, you know what, let's take a pause here. I'm just going to stop my mission for the next three months while we all recover. Like, no, like, life still continues. So then how do we, how do we personally, how do we collectively as churchgoers, as, as followers of Christ, how do we keep things moving when our life gets knocked on its side, when our tire flies off, when we're unable to move? How do we live out the mission of God when it feels like it's been knocked off of its axis? This morning, we're going to spend time in, in Acts chapter 4, um, starting at verses 23 to 46, but I want to give a little bit of historical background before we get there. So if you are unfamiliar with you know, the story of the beginning of, of the church, Acts chapter 2, um, um, the, the church explodes onto 
scene. Men and women, they are in uh, a room together. They are praying. They are fellowshipping. And in one of these moments, the, the Holy Spirit falls upon men and women. They begin to speak, it, speak in other languages. A crowd begins to come around because they start hearing their language being proclaimed. And as they, they line up to kind of go, what is going on? The, the disciples and leaders, they go out and they begin to proclaim, this is what is happening. This is what was prophesied. Peter goes and shares this, this fantastic um, communique, this fantastic sermon, this fantastic teaching, and the result of it is people say, so what do we do with all this information? Repent and be baptized, all of you. And People begin to align themselves with the cause of Christ. We learn later on that this, this growing new uh, movement, they begin to share their possessions, they begin to eat together, there's something really good about eating together. They're, they're, they begin to do life together, they begin to share their possessions, they begin to teach and learn together, and numbers are added daily to this collection, to this new movement. People are learning about it, people are being impacted by it. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, they're walking around, and there's this... this, this <laughs> A lame guy who was unable to walk, somebody who was, who was damaged up. And while they are walking, he says, hey, listen, can you give me some money? Can you give me some money? And the disciples look at him and say, listen, silver and gold have we none. We have no money to give you, but what we have, we give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. I would do it, but then I would fall over, so I'm not going to do this. Right, but he gets up. He walks, and there's a celebration that is happening, and people, they are drawn because they know that this person has not walked before, and they're drawn to Peter and John. They're like, what has happened? And they take this opportunity to share the story of Jesus, to share the miraculous resurrection power of Christ. And people are, it's, 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 it is a scene. It is a vibe because you have this guy who's never walked before dancing around. These two guys are trying to explain to people what's going on. People are... And the religious leaders of the day, who are not fans of this movement because it, it goes against what they're trying to do, they begin to see this commotion and they arrest Peter and, and John. And they put them in for questioning. We see that in Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4. They put them in for questioning. And Peter and John are like, listen, we have this, like, I don't know what you want us to do here. Like, we talk about Jesus and things happen, so I don't know what you're hoping for. Long story short, these religious leaders, they pretty well threatened these believers because things were going good, right? They preached this message. Numbers are added. They're sharing the possessions. They're eating together. They're learning together. Miracles, the healings are taking place. And then these religious leaders say, listen, if you keep on doing this, we will arrest you for real. We can't hold you right now, but try, try this again. Sounds like my mother. Try me again. Try this again, and it will be bad for you. The threat, threat of imprisonment, or worse. And they release them. These guys, they were driving, and it's great. And then their tire flies off, and they're, what do we do? Because we have this mission. We have this, the mission of God continues. We have been tasked to do this, but you'll be my witnesses. Surely I'll be with you. You will do this. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. This is what we're supposed to do. And suddenly now we're told that if we do this, we, 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 we might get arrested. We might get, what do we, what do we do? 
So that, that's, where, that's where we are. And so let's pick it up at Acts chapter 4, verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they, this is the group, heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The people of the earth rise up and rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, who you anointed. They did what your power, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and all were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They get together, they, Peter and John, they tell them everything, and they resolve to do three things that we see here in, in this passage that I, that I would encourage us to do when we're, all, we're tilted when we are off our axis, when our, our tire flies off, when things happen that would derail the plans and purposes of God in our, in our lives, both personally and collectively as a community. First thing is this. We reach out to our community. My, my natural propensity when things, go, when things go bad is to not say anything to anybody. Partially because I don't want to be a bother to anyone, partially because I think I can do it on my own, and partially because I just don't want to get ghosted by somebody. Like, you reach out to them and they don't respond back to you. You're like, okay, fine, I guess you weren't friends at all, but whatever, I don't need you. But that's my, my natural propensity is to, is, to, is to not say anything, right? So I'm sitting there, go back to this, this story, I go back, I'm sitting there in this car, and I'm, you know, looking at this this. Uh, Tow truck that has seen me and is backing up, trying to, you know, all these things, and the police officer, and I don't know what to do, so I message Rebecca, and I'm like, listen, there's going to be a delay on those teacups, right? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, but I'm just a little freaked out. I don't know what to do. Got it. So she's renting the car. She's figuring that stuff out. And then I, um, I have this group chat. Can you, have to give the last picture up? See, uh, there's a group of guys there. Um, those are uh, 10 of my closest friends. Uh, we, we have a, a podcast together, a YouTube show together. Um, really hard to herd 10 guys, alpha males, into one group chat, but we do it all the time. Uh, this morning, before I got up to speak, I messaged them, say, hey guys, can you remember West Heights in your prayers this morning? For them, not for me, because I'm here with them. They're like, yeah, we get it, sure, we'll pray for them. Um, <laughs> keep you humble. But the, one of the things I did is I'm, I'm on the side, and I'm like, guys, listen, man, I just got into a car accident, freaking out right now. You know, what can we do? How can we help? One of my buddies, he works at a church down the road, he legitimately left his office and drove through traffic to just sit with me for a couple of moments. Are you okay? No, I'm actually not okay. 
Okay, what can I do? I don't know what you can do. I'm just going to be here. And while the police officer's there, he's standing right with me. All these sorts of, they, they, they're checking in. They're, they're calling. They're making sure that I'm okay. Did you get your rental car? Did you get the teacups? Can we pick up the teacups? Can we go to park? Like, they're doing all of these things to make sure that, that I'm okay because they know, these guys behind me, they know that if it was one of them, I'm, Becca, listen, I got I to gotta go. What happened? X and Y, Z happened to so-and-so. Okay. I'll see you when you get home. Like, that's what community does. That's what community does. And we see that the, the disciples, they run straight to their people to report on what's happened so they can re- recommit together to God's plan. They don't just kind of go, okay, well, we shouldn't say anything to them. We don't want to worry them. Let's just keep this between you and I. John, let's just, like, let's not say anything. We don't no, they bring their entire council of wisdom to this, to this moment. And there's something beautiful when we can say we're in this together. If there's anything that we've learned over the last three years through a pandemic and different things, how valuable it is to be a community. How valuable it is for us to lend a hand to one another, to walk in step with each other, to realize and to look around and realize that we're not alone. And yes, we don't all know each other, which is why Josh will come up and introduce himself and encourage us to, but when we're waiting for coffee or picking up our kids or in the, are in the parking lot, maybe not today because it's raining, no one's talking in the rain, but all these sort of things to go and do life with each other. Because you never know when your life gets knocked on its side how valuable it is to need somebody. We, from the beginning of creation, were not meant to do life on our own. We were not meant to do so. And I, I say this as somebody who is a natural, um, I, w- I was described as somebody who I work with as a lone wolf. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, because like lone wolf is kind of awesome, but also really bad, because what it says is he doesn't want to be connected to anybody. It's like, no, it's not the case. It's not the case. It's just my face is mean, but I'm not a mean person. Like, Let's, let's, do, let's do life together. There's a quote here that says this, the church is more than a group of, of, of people who agree in their beliefs. The church is a family of brothers and sisters who experience the reality of Jesus in and through their growing love for one another. That's who we're supposed to be. That's us at our best. That's us at our ideal that's Acts 2, chapter 42, verse 42. Like they, they, they came together. They sold their possessions. They did life together. They, they met in the temple courts. They ate and they, 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 they did life together. And the numbers were added. There's something to that, that when we do life together, people see crowds. When they see that a crowd actually enjoys being together, they do life with them. I tell you, side note, I'm not a Leaf fan, but when I saw the Leaf fans getting excited yesterday, I was like, oh, maybe I'll go downtown for a little bit. Because there's something about us seeing a crowd enjoy life together. And even more so when life is difficult to realize that we can call on each other. So we reach out to our community. Secondly, we remind ourselves of God's power then and now. Oh, there's something valuable about our testimony, is there not? There's something valuable about being able to look back on the goodness of God and how good he has been in our lives then so we can then hold on to what God is aiming to do now. The disciples, after gathering together, they turned to God in prayer for both reassurance in who he had been and for resolve to hold on to him in their present. 
In, in their prayer, they invoke the words of, of King David in Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. It says this, Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And you, if you read through the, the story of David, there's moments where it was never really a peaceful, easy time for David. There's times where at different points, different people will come at him from different angles, from within his own camp and outside of, his, outside of the nation of Israel, who will come to challenge him and to make life difficult. And so David, he's writing, he's penning these words. And there are multiple psalms that are beautiful parallels to the life of, of Jesus. And so they, in their prayer, they relate this moment in David's life to the life of Jesus. Like This is what happened to Jesus, too. But the beautiful thing about when you reference a psalm is that you recognize the back end of the psalm as, as well. It's not just kind of like these two verses. So here's what verse 4 says about that same psalm. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Scoff is my favorite word. <laughs> I can just... Picturing the God of the universe going, like, looking at people coming to challenge him, and he goes, <laughs> is the funniest thing in the world to me. He rebukes them in his anger. He terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son, and today I have become of your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them down with a rod of iron. You will dash them like pieces in pottery. So they reference this psalm about how the nations and rulers are coming against them, but they are reminded of the fact that even though Pontius Pilate and Herod tried to do that to Jesus, Jesus actually wins in the end. They remind themselves of the goodness of God in this moment as they're reassuring themselves. Verse 28 in our, in our main text is this, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. None of this surprises you. That's why you scoff, God, because you're not like, what? You're like, okay. This needs to happen for this to happen, for this to happen. So they remind themselves of what God had done before, and then they go into this moment of reassurance. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hands to heal and perform signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They are reassured, God, you made all that we know. You spoke through your servant of days when, you, when your way would be attacked, and this does not surprise you. And so we have a resolve. You, God of miracles then and God of miracles now, save us and do wonders through us. You who have been faithful before, be faithful now. You who were powerful before, before be powerful now. You who saved before, save us now. Stretch out your hand and do wonders through us, God. They don't just gather together to kind of go to strategize. They gather together to reaffirm their commitment to the plans and purposes of God. That's why we join together on a Sunday morning. That's why we sing songs, also for therapy. We learned that this morning. We, we, that's why we, we lift up God's name. That's why we encourage one another so that when we leave here, we're reminded of the faithfulness of God. We are reminded of who he's been. 
Some of the greatest testimonies are sitting right beside us, singing right beside us, proclaiming God's word and God's truth right beside us. As we do community together, we, we know the stories of the people beside us. And if, like, if they're singing through what they're going through, then, oh my goodness, may I sing. May I lift my hands. May I worship. May I serve. May I give of myself knowing that he's going to do this. He scoffs at their attacks because he knows the end of the story. The disciples knew God came through in the time of David through Christ, again through and for Christ, and it gave them the confidence to know that he would come through for them. The disciples knew God came through in the time of David and through Christ, which gave them confidence to know that he would come through for them. And then lastly, they remained committed to the story. So they prayed that God would fill them with power to continue in their witness even more boldly despite the ruler's threats. That's a prayer, right? Even more boldly. Like they were told, don't say anything. And they're like, oh, we're going to say something. We're going even harder. Like that's, 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 that's quite something. And God immediately answers their prayer. They receive a sense of the Spirit's power and a new, a new boldness for witness. So we see here now um, the, 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 the term filled with the Spirit and in different, in different denominations, different tra- um, traditions. For some, that means an, an, an experiential language. For others, it means more of a, of a work of the Spirit from, in, from the interior. Basically, to break it down, it really means empowerment for mission. When they are filled with the Spirit, they are empowered for mission. It is a, is a moment where they are given a boldness to do something. It's more than just having a closeness with Jesus. It's more than just having a sense of his presence. It's being able to walk into something with a, a sense of confidence that you are going in a power that is more than your own. And it's important to catch this. Boldness does not mean being mean. Boldness means God-filled confidence. Boldness does not mean mean. We often think that, that this is what this means, especially in 2023, that we need to be mean for Jesus, which is the opposite of Jesus. It's the opposite of his character. But we think we need to defend. No, what it means is having confidence that when we speak the word of God, God is doing something. And you can do that loudly. You can do that quietly. You can do that through service. You can do that through silence. You can do that in multiple ways. Confidence is also meekness, friends. Confidence is also being able to know that he is doing work that we can't see. And all we do in the midst of that is be faithful to the story. We don't bombard people with truth in order to win a culture war. We, with confidence, share the truth of God through our words and our actions. We don't fear cancellation or prisons, or our own lack of knowledge. Instead, we walk as miracles, saved by God through Christ with wonderful stories to tell. The place where they prayed was shaken, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. They prayed, God, stretch out your hand, heal, do miracles, and do that through us. And God said, I will. Now go and tell the story. And even though they were knocked on their side, it didn't stop them from continuing to do what God wanted them to do. Did it make life a little more difficult? Yeah, it did. 
Oh, but there's good in the hard. There's good in the difficult because we meet Jesus there and we meet one another there. So as we get ready to, to wrap up and to, and to sing a bit more and to pray, I have a couple of thoughts and questions for us. So in terms of reaching out to community, who, who's your crew? Who are your people? Who's in your group chat or mailing list? I don't know how people communicate nowadays. Who's your one person? Who's your three? Who's your five? Who's your 10? Who are your people that when life knocks you on your side that you can reach out to? And if you don't have somebody, I should do this for online too. Look around, friends. There are people who are here. There's a prayer list that you can email people, that people can kind of say, oh, I heard your story. How are you doing? There is no void of community in this room. Who are your people to do life with? When we go through moments of need to be reminded, what do you need to, be, to remember about God's faithfulness to you? What have you forgotten? What do you need to remember? What do you need to be, what do you need to be reassured in? What do you need to, how, do you, how valuable is it to remember that God scoffs at the attacks of the enemy? That he's not surprised or worried about them because he knows the final story. What about God's faithfulness do you need to be reminded about? And then what do you, what are you, do you need to walk boldly into this week? What do you need to walk boldly into? Maybe it's a meeting. Maybe it's a conversation around the dinner table. Maybe it's taking the courage to email Josh and say, hey, I'm, I'm new here and I'd like to get involved. Whatever it is. May we be people who know that we are not alone, know that God is with us, and know that we have a story to tell. Our story ended pretty good. We were able to get a rental car. We were able to get the teacups and the balloons, and Ellie had her party, of which I was not invited to go. <laughs> I was told to take pictures and then to get out of the house for three hours. My family loves me, I think, and so... <laughs> the, story, the story didn't end the story had a happy ending there but sometimes it doesn't sometimes the story takes a little bit longer to, to finalize it's in that moment that we need to remember that God is with us and that we are with one another may we be encouraged in that friends to know that we don't do life alone for we have his presence and we have the present that is one another can we pray together Lord Jesus, miracle worker, resurrected king, may we be reminded this morning that you walk with us. You walk with us through one another. That as we go through life and life happens and uncomfortable ways, uncomfortable timing. Lord, that when the dust settles, that you have aligned us with other people so that we can be cared for. You have aligned us with your word and with your history to remind us that if you are faithful before, you'll be faithful now. And you have entrusted us with mission. You have entrusted us with story to tell 
to move forward with. Lord, I thank you that um, when we are knocked over on our side, um, our stories don't, don't end. I pray for the one who might be here this morning and on the outside, everything's fine, but in, internally, they are on their side. Tire off, side of the road, trying to figure out what to do. Lord, I pray that even here as a community, that we be paying attention to one another, that we be even through the Spirit, sensing and knowing that we might need to send somebody a text message or pull somebody aside in, in, in the lobby Say, hey, how are you doing? No, really, how are you doing? And may we, the one who is on our side, be willing to not be a lone wolf, but to run to the pack and say, I'm going through something. I need help. I need prayer. May we encourage one another to know that God has been faithful. May we be people who are discerning and listening to know when that needs to be words, when that needs to be silence, when that needs to be advice, and when that simply needs, needs to be a hand on the shoulder to let someone know that we're with them. So that we can in turn continue to tell the stories of our lives. That you came, you lived, you died, you rose again. And you invite us into a relationship with you. For all that you've done, for all that you're doing in this space, we say thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.